Welcome back for another episode of the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center's Leadership Log Podcast. Resiliency can be defined as the ability to bounce back during adverse events in someone's life. And the Air Force considers it a key topic when discussing the wingman culture. This past year has certainly presented many challenges to everyone in the center. The approaching holiday season is a time of fellowship and joy for most, but for some it can be a particularly challenging time of year. The recent uptick of COVID-19 cases can make it even more difficult to meet and host traditional celebrations, which could leave vulnerable members isolated and alone. Two of AFL-CMC's senior enlisted leaders, the Center's Command Chief, Chief Master Sergeant Troy Croft, and the Center's First Sergeant, Senior Master Sergeant Elise Phillips, recently sat down for an in-depth discussion about resiliency and shared some insights on how to be resilient through the holiday season. The key takeaway is to not be afraid to ask for help. Well, what is up, everybody? I am uh, Chief Master Sergeant Troy Croft. I'm the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center Command Chief. And joining me today is uh, Senior Master Sergeant Elise Phillips, our First Sergeant for the Center. So when you think about people who are taking care of people, our First Sergeant is key uh, to that. And she is a central point of contact for all of those things. And we are here today to talk to you about holiday resiliency. And resiliency in general, you know, is a, is a key topic in the Air Force. It's a, it's a big message for us, for our folks to uh, understand how they fit into the Air Force, how they can take care of themselves from multiple perspectives. Um, but I think it is intrinsic upon our people to understand what resiliency is when we talk about that, because we do banter about it a lot. So, mm-hmm. Sharon, I'm going to ask you, what do you think resiliency is? Yeah, so for me, resiliency, we've heard it. It's the ability to bounce back uh, during adverse events in our life. And um, just like I said, for We Man Day, we are not immune to things happening in life. And it happens to all of us, um, sometimes negative events, of course, positive events. And just being able to learn, because we all make mistakes as humans, even if we have the best intentions. So being able to learn from them and be able to teach others potentially about that lesson learned and be able to grow from that experience, to me, is resiliency and not feeling defeated. Like we can bounce back and truly recover. Right. That's a good point. You said mistakes, that we all make mistakes. You saying senior leaders make mistakes? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, not on purpose, right? They're mistakes. Um, but yes, and again, those are lessons learned and never to be made again. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, we talk about resilience to be in that bounce back. So, so kind of walk me through that. What do you mean bounce back? Like a tennis ball or something? Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And then you give the analogy of an egg. Uh, not a hard-boiled egg, but just an egg, you, and it, you drop it right. during an adverse event, and then it cracks open, and it's just totally done. There's no coming back from that, right. whereas you have the tennis ball, like you said, and it's able to be like, you know what? I hit this low, but I'm coming back, and I think it's very important to note that we can't do it alone. We are not equipped. Most of us are not equipped with those skills um, as people, so I think it's important to rely on those helping agencies out there and network, um, whatever network that supports us in a, in a positive fashion, um, surround yourself with positive people is very important um, to be able to bounce back and work through that. Right. I think that's very important. So what would you walk me through that network? So you talk about a network of folks, but mm-hmm. I don't think everybody has the same concept of a network. Sure. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Are you talking about friends, family? Are you talking about professional organizations, services? Yeah. What's the gamut of that? 
I say it's limitless, a network is. It's whatever a member feels comfortable with or a family member that might be going through hard times. Um, so to me, a, a network is limitless. For me, what my network is, is my dad, very much so, my mother, and my brother, who's also in the Air Force. So I rely on them as sounding boards and my husband, um, but I have never hesitated to reach out to professional organizations too, such as an MFLAC, um, Military One Source, and those are also my network if I need to vent, if I need a sounding board, or just, you know, some goal-oriented counseling. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you mentioned some very good ones there, the Military One Source, MFLACs, we also have EAP and, and a host of other things like our chaplains and Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the, the full gamut of support agencies that are out there. Mm -hmm. Everything from somebody like a chaplain who you can, can get a spiritual connection with or you can talk to uh, without that fear of that information going any further, um, all the way to um, professional services like our mental health or social mm -hmm. workers, people who are steeped in how to walk you through life's challenges. And one of the things I think that's important when we, we talk about these professional services, it's more than just sitting there and, and unleashing whatever's inside you, all those problems. They, they also give you a lot of tools. They do. Because I found that, um, you know, most of us have a toolbox we carry around with us to solve our problems. Mm -hmm. And if you were to open that toolbox, everything in it, I guarantee you, for some people, looks like a hammer. Mm -hmm. And if every tool you have is a hammer, then every problem had better be a nail. Right. What are some of those tools you think are necessary for folks to have to solve these problems? Well, I think the ability to open up and be open-minded to those agencies. And I think it's easy to be stuck in our own mindset and we can't solve it all right. by ourselves. And I think it's important to be able to talk it out because sometimes our mind and our thoughts are so jumbled and we can't get out of the situation. We're on a loop yeah. and we're just, we're not going anywhere. Right. We're just right. looping on the situation <laughs> and we've all been there. Yeah. And sometimes that results in like catastrophic thoughts too, mm -hmm. where we um, think worst case scenarios. So I think tools is one to be open-minded, reach out to those folks because they're the ones that's gonna dive deeper into what's going on and provide clarity to that situation. Yeah. And it might not be just in one session, but yeah. um, it's I, really important. Yeah, I think that uh, you pointed out something very key there is that clarity. Mm -hmm. talking to somebody gives you an opportunity for somebody else to give you perspective and say, you're not seeing this. Every problem I've ever had in my life, I've you know circled that thing. I've admired the problem. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. But it is also the only thing I see at that point. That's right. I can't see the, the goodness or anything else. I just, I see the problem. Mm -hmm. And um, I think by talking to folks, whether it's family or or one of our professional services, mm -hmm. they give you that insight. It's the, it's, you know, you don't see the forest for all the trees you're staring at. Um, that kind of helps out quite a bit. Do you think, do you think that it's better to have a, a strong friend social network than it is to, to have to constantly go back and forth to a professional service? Or how do you think that balances out? That's a good point. Um, I will say too, real quick before I answer that, with the, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So for counseling, um, you know, maybe it's our first time experiencing that event. 
that negative event in our life. But just remember, counselors deal with this type of stuff every day, practically. Um, so they're not immune to understanding and being able to help get to a resolution. So that's really important to note that you're not alone in that. Um, okay, and then your second question, I'm sorry, what was it? I don't know, I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was, but you did hit on something there. It's somebody who hears other people's problems all day long. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing to me that uh, folks, and I'm guilty of this as anybody else, where, where we, we have a problem, something's going on in our life, Mm -hmm. And we feel like we are the only people to ever have this problem. And that's just simply not true. It's mm -hmm. amazing to go talk to somebody and then go, yep, everybody has that issue, or I've heard this 20 times. Let me give you some perspective mm -hmm. uh, and help you link your way from problem to potential solution. Yes, absolutely. And I remember your question. Okay. Okay. So you asked kind of like that happy balance of friends versus right. professional mm -hmm. uh, counselors. So in my personal experience, relying on family can be tricky sometimes because, of course, they're going to have that personal bias towards their daughter or their sister. Mm -hmm. And they're going to side with me uh, more so than provide that unbiased, ob objective opinion. So that's where I rely on counselors if I ever need to go talk to MFLAC or a military one-source counselor for that unbiased person who can provide an outside perspective, who doesn't know me, they do not know the situation, and they could just um, provide feedback for me. Yeah, that, yeah, that whole bit of choosing sides or choosing favorites, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, if you're the, the in-law or something and going against all of that, that sometimes is very difficult. Yes. Uh, it is good to get that unbiased perspective and, mm -hmm. and have somebody who can walk, maybe you and somebody else through whatever's going on. Exactly. Um, do you think, uh, how would you describe connectedness? We, we talk a lot about that, but we kind of, I think we leave an assumption out there that everybody understands what connectedness is. Mm -hmm. And is connectedness social media? Is connectedness, you know, person to person? What, what is that? Yeah, perhaps different for everybody. Right. And even connectedness, we think of people and social. Um, just like you said, for in person, which is sometimes difficult with COVID, not undoable, but it could be difficult, especially if your family or friends live far away. But maybe connectedness is just staying connected to the things that you love, to stay grounded, um, whether it's hiking or biking, uh, reading, going out to the woods, and just exploring and just being, you know, connected to nature. Maybe that's your connectedness and keeps you, you grounded and maintain your happiness. So um, I know throughout COVID, I've seen a lot of folks just Zoom call each other, and it's just a mass of, like, key spouses, and they're just right. having wine or whatever they're doing, and they're chatting, and seeing how everybody's doing. Right. Um, so it's really, I guess, different in everybody's, um, you know, for everybody. Yeah. What about you? Well, I see it as, as a ton of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm not big on social media, but it's, uh, for me, it's either picking up the phone or there's Zoom calls with folks. Mm -hmm. um, linking up with somebody person to person to me and maybe it's a generational thing it's just different than mm -hmm. texting or or something because sometimes you can't or i have a hard time deciphering the emotion behind what you just said sure are you joking are you serious mm -hmm. and that's when i usually bridge the gap and hit the button and go okay now we're gonna have a i'm gonna call you because i don't know where this is going that's a good point. um how do you how do you think um We've talked a lot about getting help and stuff, but what is it, um, what do you think it is to, to recognize that either A, somebody, 
who I know has a problem? How do I see that? And how do I know that I personally have a problem? Where, where do we get in that? Mm, okay. So we had wingmen day yesterday, and I thought they touched on a lot of those key points with our wingmen, our friends, our coworkers. How do we identify that they're having a problem? And I think a, the number one tall tale sign is behavior. Maybe nonverbals. How are they acting? Are they acting completely out of sorts? Are they um, isolating themselves? Is their work ethic a little bit different than, you know, down, uh, decreasing worse than normal? <laughs> Hopefully they have a work ethic normally, but uh, just going downhill. Those are, I think, great ways to tell. And I think, too, just get to know folks. It's important just to see how people are doing. Get to know, like, how's your wife today? You know, how are you and your kiddos? Yeah. How are things at the house? How are, how's everybody holding up with maybe the homeschooling, upcoming? Oh, yeah. Holidays. <laughs> yes. Uh, mm. I, I think you hit on it, you know, knowing your people. Yes. You know, our leadership schools and our leadership books and all those things we like to do talk about the, I think, the technical aspects of leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how to maybe run a program. It's maybe some things you need to think about your presence or how you talk or how you act or those things. But we rarely delve into that bit of, knowing your people, knowing them to the level that you can discern something is going on, even if those signs we talk about sometimes are, are not quite so obvious. Some people, I think, are very good at hiding them. Yes. We, we may have taught them how to hide them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a, as a supervisor, you may need to, to kind of understand somebody to a level that you can discern it. I'm trying to figure out what that term is there, but you feel it like sure. something ain't right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like my wife, you know, I've been married to her 25 years, and when she stops talking, I know oh, I've done something. Now I just got to feel it out of her, right? Mm-hmm. She's not going to say anything. Uh, I think that's a thing with our folks too, but yeah. that's one aspect of it. But what about the internal aspect of, of understanding where you're going based on what has been rolling around in your head. Yeah, and we've all been there, right? Doesn't matter what your rank is. We're, again, we're not immune to this. So for me, um, maybe just focusing on my emotions. Like, how am I feeling? Am I more on edge today? Am I more stressed out? Am I anxious? Uh, being able to have that pulse on ourselves to know how we're doing and know when to rely on our uh, network of folks that we usually call on when we need to talk. Uh, or reassess, okay, what can I omit out of my life? What can I, you know, what can I do to be more proactive to get after whatever it is that's stressing me out, such as schoolwork? <laughs> like, stop being a procrastinator and get it done. So, so that's just an example for me. Yeah, I think that's, that's key is maybe just stopping for a moment mm-hmm. and going, what, what is going on in my life? Why do I feel like I feel? Have you been more angry than normal? Have you been... Um, more tired or more emotionally exhausted or is there something where you feel like you've got this constant state of unease mm-hmm. um, and dissecting those things in your life that have been going on? What is the pattern here? Why am I going like this? Or why can't I get a certain thought out of my head? Sure. Um, and then realizing that there's a million ways to get help for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the key, right? Yes. You've got to go get help. Yes. Yeah. All of the helping agencies in the world, mm-hmm. all of the friends in the world can't help you if you don't make that first step. And 
you know, I heard um, Chief Wright talk about this, we're talking about two years ago now, uh, maybe a year ago. Time is a little different in this COVID environment, but um, he talked about grit. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think about grit? You know, that internal, I think, fortitude. Yeah, I've heard uh, another command chief talk about grit before. I think he had like a grit card that he used to hand out to all of us. But yeah, it's just having that internal fire to be able to push through situations in our life, be able to know ourselves and to overcome. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that overcoming bit and knowing yourself and digging deep because ultimately it's up to you, right? We're all here, Mm -hmm. but we can't be used unless you access us. Um, and you have to desire this change or these things to occur mm-hmm. you know, in order to get to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to um, talk about a couple other things. Now, you mentioned yesterday during the um, during the uh, Wingman Day bit for us a couple of examples where somebody had intervened and made a mm-hmm. save. Could you talk about what, what she had done? Yes, I can. Uh, so uh, the same story? Yeah. Okay. I'll give a little bit more on that story with the second intervention as well. So... Um, we talked about suicide intervention and prevention, all these types of things yesterday during our wingman day. And I brought up a story from my, one of my previous units, a staff sergeant was undergoing an um, investigation. And we know that's one of the risk factors for um, suicide, unfortunately, in our military. So we really have to look after those folks and just protect them uh, as leadership and just make sure they're doing okay because it's stressful. Uh, and they take a while sometimes, these processes. And the member also had personal life issues going on. And um, member told a tech sergeant in his work center that he wanted to shoot himself. And the tech sergeant just thought that's normal uh, kind of banter in the work center and didn't take it serious and just kind of dismissed it, didn't come forward with it. And then later on, that staff sergeant was at a sporting goods store, sent a picture of a firearm to a senior airman coworker, and she called him and talked to him, um, and things were fine. She asked him to go talk to a chaplain, and he said he would, but he never did. So um, chaplain came forward to me like, hey, you might need to check in on this situation. I don't know anything else other than what I was kind of told here, and... So I, I pulled him aside with my chief, and we asked him if he how he's doing, and he wasn't doing good. And I asked him if he's having thoughts of suicide, and he said yes. And I asked him if he had a plan, and he said yes. And he told me everything. Um, he said he had an appointment with a mental health provider in the civilian sector that night. I could not consciously leave him. Uh, that day to be like, okay, great, follow up with me tomorrow, how that went, no. So I asked him if he'd go to mental health with me, and he he complied. He said, absolutely, and we got him enrolled in the um, limited privilege suicide program, which is for folks who are under investigation, LPSP, and it's confidential. Most of that information is held confidential. So the member can work through that issue with a professional. Mm-hmm. And then another time, she, the senior airman, she also intervened in another suicide, and, and she blew the whistle and got leadership involved and saved another life. Yeah. yeah. So, so for folks who may not know, you know, what a senior airman is, and, and I'll talk about, you know, presumably her age. A senior airman typically been in the Air Force three years, right? That's, that's about the average, and, mm-hmm. you know, they could be 20, 21, maybe 22 years old typically, mm-hmm. very young person um and 
for her to step up and, and intervene to save somebody's life. That says a lot, and that shows you that it's not an age factor. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be 40 years old to say, I'm going to intervene. Mm-hmm. You can be very young or very senior uh, and still make that impact in somebody else's life. But she paid attention, yeah. and she knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And even if she was wrong, it's okay. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, you were joking, yeah. right? But it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. At least we're getting help. Yeah. If that member does truly need it and um, being that bystander and intervening. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't intervene, you think you could go to somebody else to have them intervene. Absolutely. And, and that's what she did. Yeah. She went to the chaplain and uh, unfortunately the member never went to go ch- chat with the chaplain. Right. So we all intervene as the, the shirt and the chief because um, we're there for our members. And I think it's very important to know is like our triad, we're here for right. members. That is our job is to take care of people. So um, she didn't feel comfortable, I don't think, intervening on her own, and she knew higher help needed to be involved. Right. Mm-hmm. She's a great member. I know. So yeah. uh, we need a whole bunch like her. We do, and that's exactly what I told her. And I just told them we, we coined her to make sure she knew that like, we were very impressed with that behavior, right. and we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about one final topic. It's the holidays. Yeah. We just went through Halloween, um, which is all kinds of fun. Um, but we're going to talk. Uh, we're going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and and uh, Hanukkah and, and, and a host of others, followed up by our New Year's. Mm-hmm. And um, what message would you give to folks during this time of year? Yeah. So I was just thinking about it last night at my dinner table. I'm like, how are we already here again to yeah. the holidays? Like, where did this year go? But yeah, that's a great point. And what message would I give out to airmen and members of our organization? And that's if you don't have anywhere to go, maybe COVID, the pandemic is preventing travel. Or maybe some people don't want to travel or they just can't get home mm-hmm. due to finances, whatever that may look like. Um, reach out to each other. See what, he, what we're up to for the holiday and maybe create your Air Force family. You know, maybe a, a work center Christmas party or a holiday party, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and just congregate and break bread together and just spend time together. Yeah. Yeah. And if that um, isn't enough, maybe you're like, okay, well, what else could I do during this time? Because, you know, I've got a lot of time on my hands. Um, downtown, I know here in Dayton, we have lots of food pantry stuff going on to give back and provide service to folks that really need the assistance. Um, I know the First Sergeant's Council, we have Adopt a Family going on. So um, if you have someone that might need some extra help for Christmas, please reach out to me and we'll get them squared away with a sponsor for Adopt a Family. We have Ring a Bell, which is also for our Warm Heart um, Funds, which is, provides emergency funding for our airmen, big A, in times of need. So there's quite a bit going on base. I know there's a Thanksgiving dinner at the BFAT going on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a holiday dinner. Um, but I'll be sending out more information as time gets closer on all that stuff to the organization. But my message would be just find folks that are staying around the area and just come together. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Come together for connectedness. Yeah. Um, helping others also gets your mind off your own challenges and helps you kind of alleviate some of that stress and your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to consider too, like you talked about the food pantry and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, do you have any final closing thoughts? Um, I would just say have a great holiday and we're here. It could be tough for some people during the holidays. Um, might not be joyful for everybody, but just like Keith and I talked about, please reach out. You know, you're not alone. 
we have agencies, we have people here. We're we're all here to help. So um, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, God bless. Okay. Yeah, I'll just close by saying it is the holidays, and it's a joyous time, I think, for me and a lot of people. But for some others, it may struggle. So keep an eye on your coworkers. Keep an eye on your friends and your family. If they need help, there are tons of resources out there. You can contact either of us, and we'll point you in the right direction. Um, but take time this holiday to maybe reflect on the year. It's been a challenging year mm -hmm. um, in many, many ways. Uh, but take time to think about the things that are going well in your life. Don't focus on all the negative. Um, but what we want to do is we want to see you back to Rocco and Dr. Pellerarksa in 2021. Um, so thank you for everything you do for our United States Air Force. Thank you for what you do for the center. Have a safe and happy holidays. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center's Leadership Blog Podcast. Remember to be good wingmen throughout the coming holiday season and take care of each other. If you know of someone who needs some help, or if you need some help, there are agencies that can work with you. You just have to ask. If you haven't already done so, then please consider subscribing to the series, and don't forget to follow and like us on our social media platforms. For more information on all things Air Force Lifecycle Management Center, please visit and bookmark our website at www.aflcmc.af.mil. If you have any idea for a future episode on a topic that would interest the Lifecycle Management Center family, shoot us an email at aflcmc.pa.mediateam at us.af.mil. Until next time, stay strong, stay safe, and keep providing what warfighters need when they need it.